Pat and John on their best behavior. A pot, a pot... <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone calm down. Give a script. I'm a... Well, but I fuck it up. Are we keeping this in? Um, I guess they can hear the real... Hate the real me. Hate the real us. Um, okay. Great. <laughs> Hello. And... <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> Have you ever done this with somebody sitting right next Hello. to you? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Shh. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pat and John on their best behavior. I'm Pat, and I'm John. And Pat and John on their best behavior is a podcast where two college friends bond and berate each other over the films and music they love. From Paddington to pop punk to Paul Thomas Anderson. Yep. Got through it. Got through it. Got through it. This is like this is like when I. Is there a gas leak in your apartment right now? Do you usually do all those whippets before? (laughs) No, 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 guys. I don't want to talk about gas leaks sewage um there was a massive sewage uh backup outside of my apartment oh no and um i'm not blaming that on anyone else it, there was actually like i'm not like shifting that blame from something i did onto sure, someone else sure. there was actually a gas leak the other day and i i was so nervous i said oh my god is there a <laughs> gas leak uh, uh. and this guy was in the parking lot next to the manhole and i like ran up to him and i was like is that a gas leak? He's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, You were in such a state of, of, of crisis. You were just like really worried that the world might be in danger or that your city might be in danger, possibly because of the thing that we're on this episode or doing this episode to talk about. Yeah, mm. I, I don't. There have been many times in my life where I've seen danger and I've froze. <laughs> Sure. What? That's vulnerable. Yeah, I didn't is. know there. I didn't know I can, it was I embarrassing. See that from like Has co- there have there ever been times? We'll get to that later. Let yeah, me write that question sure. down. Okay. Hi. Revisit let me introduce it. our guest today. Let's just get right to it. Yeah. Joining us today, in studio, we have mm-hmm. not had an in studio guest in a year. That's true. Yeah. It's been we a very long time. Have not had an in studio guest basically a year from today, a year ago. Rishi Sethi came in for the 10-year anniversary of The Social Mm -hmm. Network. I think he also came in to talk about Mank. That was via Zoomy. Oh, that was. Okay, gotcha. That was, like, during the peak of, like, the Thanksgiving stuff. I stand corrected. Um, Joining us today is a Mm writer-director whose films have been in a panoply mm-hmm. a cornucopia of <laughs> film festivals whose commercials have been distributed all throughout the internet and have been seen by many 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 eyes how many views do you think the honest amish commercials have don't introduce yourself but just say that i don't know i i don't know i i think if probably accumulative accumulatively around a million i think Can you i, I believe think that? wow i think so wow because his uh, commercials have been seen by almost a million people and they've been skipped by about nine hundred <laughs> and eight hundred almost nine tenths of them yeah so then that that same Those number are good also odds. skipped this podcast but they saw yeah. it for for a brief moment they did see it sure sure 
joining us today is my good friend and collaborator. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Max Cianci. I thought I had to say my name for a second. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I, Hi, Max. I'm not going to give podcast. you too much power. Thanks, Thanks for joining for us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you both. You're you're really part of like Pat and John on their best behavior lore, sort of in like a very special a very special way, right, Pat? Really? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you 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 came through when we really uh we really needed you. That's that's safe to say, right? In yeah, he didn't your... freeze when someone needed help. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I, I, true. Yeah, I jumped yeah. in front of the sewer disaster, and I and I did what yeah. I could. The sewage disaster that was uh, a process of shooting, uh, of shooting a podcast rehab. Yeah, you were. What, what were your? What was your role exactly on that? I think you had several. Didn't Everything. You? Yeah. yeah, I've kind of found this thing. You were, in, you were fill in the blanks. Yeah. was your role in in Pittsburgh right. film where you just kind of fill in every blank that needs filled. But uh, that was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. Got to go to your dinner party for your birthday. Got mm-hmm. to meet a whole bunch of new people. Got to meet yeah. John and yeah. work with Stefano again. And it was a pleasure. Yeah. It was kind of, was it last minute? Or was it just you having to do so much was kind of last minute? Well, we just kind of. Some last well, minute adjustments. Max and I have been sort of orbiting each other, but never actually yeah. consummated sure. the relationship. Sure. Well, yeah. You're right. And I think we had a couple meetings where we were like we were like we should meet each other. We should like mm-hmm. talk and like do stuff. And yeah. this was the first 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 round of that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it was fun, and uh, it was funny. I, I think it turned out great too. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. for whatever next one is. To quote the final line of this movie, it was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought you were right. going to say, right? go get him, Tiger. Oh, oh, that's the other. Sorry. Maybe I watched the wrong movie for this episode. I could be, I could be wrong there. Um, yeah, we're here to talk about... I mean, should, should, no. Can we, no, no, okay. Not yet. So I want to talk about, like... So Max is a director, right? Uh-huh. He's a filmmaker. Yep. And I'm glad that we have a filmmaker on because I really like to know... What makes them tick? Sure, yes. What makes them tick? What what interests them about their craft? Sorry, I'm going to throw a Molotov cocktail at this car driving past my window. <laughs> um, so I asked Max, I said, what's a film that really informed your life, not only as a person, but as a filmmaker? And that film is... I Spider-Man 2. I, I definitely think it honestly is Spider-Man 2. It's a it's a great film. It's the first film I ever remember seeing actually mm. that stuck with me. And mm. like in the theater? In the theater. Oh, in the wow. theater with my uh with my mother and I remember leaving I remember feeling invigorated like mm. cuz it's it's such a it's just a good movie and yeah. um yeah, it made me and I mean I don't know how much we want to get into it yet but I it, it was just funny because I, it, whenever I was eight, whenever it came out, and mm-hmm. you watch movies and you don't know, <laughs> you don't know why you like them, you know. Sure. But um, I was also eight for the audience, <laughs> just so the audience knows. Um, but uh, I didn't know why I liked it so much because you just, you know, I couldn't explain it. I just mm. enjoyed it, and then yeah. uh, it, it's funny because it wasn't until later, whenever I started to really like Sam Raimi. That I realized, holy shit, Sam Raimi did those three Spider-Man movies. Right. And uh, I think the things that I, like Evil Dead in particular, that I loved, um, 
whenever I went back and rewatched those Spider-Man movies, that's when I, I found all of those things. You sure. know, he had been doing that for a long time. Right. Um, so I think that is also where I just learned the, the power of, you know, a, a great director and a great visionary that can, it doesn't matter if it's a guy in a cabin or Tobey Maguire in New York saving the world, you know, right. you can still employ these same really, really great, simple, practical techniques um, that just work and they stick with you and you remember them. And uh, yeah, that's some of the reasons why I just, I really like the movie. I think it works. I think it's honestly really hard not to like. Mm. Right. Great. Well, thanks for joining us, Max. Uh, and thanks yeah, for listening, thanks. everyone. <laughs> it's been great. Uh, <laughs> um, nice to see you, John. Uh, bundle up, as they say. Yeah, until next week. Um, but no, Sorry. but you, you saying that, I mean, that really, I think it, for both of for, for both Pat and me, like that really uh, that that tapped into something because I think this is a this is like an all timer for for the two of us as well. Mm. Um, I know yeah. I, I think I've talked about it on the on the pod before, um, but yeah. So I was super excited when I when I saw that there was a possibility that we could be talking about this uh, for an entire episode. Um, yeah. So you you've kind of talked about it already, but let's just get into like our first uh, experiences with this movie. So you've obviously talked about that, Max. Um, had you seen Spider-Man? one like prior to this prior to seeing uh, spider-man 2 yes i okay. but the thing is is I don't, I don't really remember it i don't know if i saw it on a dvd you know <laughs> sure. what i mean like i didn't i remembered i knew enough the origins of spider-man and the setup of that spider-man so yes i'm, I'm pretty certain to say that yeah. i had seen that before because i understood his mm-hmm. character a bit but um so yeah i had seen it had you seen it before you watched spider-man 2 spider-man 1 yeah yeah I'm assuming. I, saw, I saw spider-man 1 in theaters Spider-Man one in theaters. We had I. That was a one that we got at Blockbuster a lot too when it was mm-hmm. on VHS. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I was also a really big fan of the Spider-Man game, the movie oh, tie-in yeah. game. So good. One of the all-time great, uh, great movie tie-in games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, played that so much. And then I was also really into the Spider-Man comics too. Mm-hmm. Like after seeing the first one, I like started at one like spider-man one and i would get like the big compilations um from the library and just like breeze through them yeah. um did I you think see the... spider-man 2 in theaters oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah i i and i can also remember this was the first movie that i ever recognized a character losing their power mm. and coming back as a plot device mm. Mm. Like, I even sort of clocked it when I was 12 or 13 when I saw that. I was like, that was just so interesting to me. Like, mm. the there's something about his character arc in this film that, like, has still stuck with me. And I've seen it, um, like, I've seen that character arc, that plot device, a million other times in yeah. a million different movies since then. But I really watching it and I was like, oh my god, this was like the first time that I really kind of thought about that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, and you would have been what? Uh, I was twelve. Twelve, yeah, twelve yeah. when you saw it. Yeah, um, yeah, I saw it in theaters as as well. I was eleven. Um, and it was safe. Yeah. Well, of it's it's funny you say that because I I hadn't seen Spider Man one. I was not allowed. Mm. I was not allowed to watch it. Um, I think it was partially because like I was just I was younger when it came out and. I mean, I was allowed to watch, like, other action movies. I don't know exactly what the reason was for it. I think maybe it was swearing. Maybe, like, mm. they say shit in it once or twice, and that mm. that didn't fly in my in my house, at least for me. My brothers had seen it, and I was bothered by the fact that I couldn't see it. Like, at that point, I, that was when Lord of the Rings had come out, so I had 
you know, again, I, I was confused as to why I couldn't see it. But what I did do was I read the book, by which I mean not the comic book, but the, mm-hmm. like, novelized, like, adaptation. Yeah, the novelization. Of it. Yeah, the novelization of it. Yeah. Um, and that was, like, that was like, I, I identify that as, like, one of my favorite books at the time. Like, when people would ask me what my favorite book was, I'd be like, I love Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and... It was literally just like a, it was like a page by page, you know, scene by scene, like rendition of it, just like, or version of adaptation of it, but just like with, you know, more interiority, I guess. But I just remember more what? one night, what? More what? Interiority. You wouldn't like it, Pat. Uh, okay. Where, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't like it in any sense, uh, in any sense of the word. Um, but yeah, I just remember like my dad telling me at one point, like some, some night uh, when I was 11, uh, him telling me like we were gonna go see Spider-Man Two uh, in theaters, and obviously I was like super excited about it because mm. I was like, oh, I'm allowed to, you know, mm-hmm. felt like a big boy essentially. Mm. Uh, and I saw it, and thank, I mean, really, thank God for like that the opening credits where like they do literally just tell you exactly what happens mm-hmm. uh, in the first one. It's like a previously on, but done in a more like artful way because I was someone that actually benefited from that to some degree. Um, and I fucking love that movie so much. I loved it so much. And I didn't know why exactly, but it just like, I mean, I just love like the action of it as well. But I think like even at the time, and we'll talk about this later, but I really loved all of the heart in the movie mm. because I was at age 11, a semi-actualized version of the person who is potting in front of you uh, right now. Um, <laughs> and I really I love that aspect of this movie. I love the stuff that it made me that it made me feel. In addition to it, obviously looking incredible. Mm. Um, and yeah, and then I just ever since then, it's been one of my favorite movies. And I've also like Pat and probably like you, Max. I've seen it just a million times, um, and it just never gets old. Um, and there's another aspect of it that was very important to me, uh, but we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Uh, another sort of companion uh, text. Uh, mm. to the to the movie that we'll talk about at the end of the episode um so yeah that's my experience with this with this movie it's been with me ever since love that so do we want to talk about just i assume all we all rewatched it uh yeah i, I watched it this for, morning yeah mm-hmm. yeah when was the last time you guys had seen it before rewatching it for the pod honestly for me it it had probably been a couple of years since i'd mm-hmm. actually rewatched it because i i just hadn't it's one of those things that like I, w- I feel like I would I'd love to watch it every once every year because it's just mm-hmm. I but it's like because it's like two I always feel like well I got to watch all three of them you know what I sure. mean I have the yeah. same problem with Lord of the Rings and I, yeah. I think as opposed to all the other movies that I just come back to and watch and watch and watch I think that's why it ends up being pushed further and further that I don't watch it but I yeah. after rewatching it today I need to block off a Sunday twice yeah. a year to just remember how good those <laughs> movies are but it had been a while for me you, you saying that just made me think of yeah watching it in a series this was also like watching it as a kid i was and then going back and watching spider-man one or just spider-man yeah. i guess uh i i was struck by the fact that it wasn't as good like i, I was able mm-hmm. to even at that age to be able to recognize that oh this is a sequel that is better mm-hmm. than you know the first one and then obviously when i saw spider-man 3 a couple years later i was you know probably 14 uh 13 or 14 when that came out i was also able to say like this isn't as good as spider-man mm-hmm. 2 so it was like kind of when i was starting to develop some awareness of like what makes for a better sequel 
or an inferior sequel or something like that. Yeah. Um, like I just remember watching Spider-Man and not like not feeling as much about right. you know the characters or not feeling as much about the central conflicts or anything like that. So it was kind of big for me in that aspect. Like mm-hmm. I would put it up there with like Lord of the Rings in terms of like. Hmm. I don't know, developing some semblance of, of taste insofar as I have any. I love that for you, John. <laughs> Do you, though? <laughs> you were such a little tastemaker back then. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I was one of the first people in my town. I think I was the first person in my town, in my very small town, to wear a To Write Love on Her Arms t-shirt. Nice. Um, mm. and, and not long after, oh, other hit, people started wearing them. I, I know yeah. that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So... Really, in more ways than one, I sort of am like one of the key tastemakers of Raymond, New Hampshire, <laughs> and remain so to this day. Sure. Why don't you run yeah. for mayor? Um, we don't have one. I don't even know what our what our person is. Yeah, we don't. It's not. It's not one of those towns, uh, Pat. It's a cabal. Um, and if we did have one, I probably yeah exactly. Um, if if we did have one, I probably wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be what they're looking for. If you, sure. If you get what I mean. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. Pat, when was the last time you had seen it before rewatching Honestly, it? Honestly, 15 years ago. <laughs> really? I'm dead ass, yeah. Well, so you yeah. haven't seen it very many times. No, well, I... Oh, th- but you, you have... In you, that up to span. A oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. gotcha. I watch Spider-Man 2 all the time. But, yeah, I think it's been 15 years. And you know what's crazy? Is I knew every beat of this film. I knew every <laughs> yeah. little beat. Yeah. I knew every little, oop, mm-hmm. little punchline. Oop. Mm-hmm. Oh, John, I have a quiz for you. Okay. You're actually not going to get this. It's very hard. <laughs> okay. One of our, our previous guests, Brittany Perlmutter, mm-hmm. she has a client. She's a, a talent agent for ICM. Mm. She has a very famous client who has one line in this movie. Who was who? He was lesser known back then. But he has one line in this movie. Do you remember who oh, it is? Do you know who uh, it is? Josh McHale. Joel no. McHale had a bunch of lines. Uh, Joel McHale. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, th- this is purely a passerby line. Oh, is it? Mm, is it the the woman who looks up? And is no, no, it's a, a guy. It's a guy. Oh, well, it's well, a guy. I have no idea. Not Bruce Campbell. No, 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 no. no. Okay. Donnell Rawlings. What's her line? Of Chappelle Show fame, and he's a big stand-up line. guy now. He's the guy okay. at the beginning oh, yeah. who Spider-Man's got the pizzas. Oh, he's he the, says, he's the, oh, he just stole that guy's pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Great. I mean, king. Yeah. King shit. King. Absolute king shit. Great line um, rating. Great line Yeah. Rating. One of, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but one of several hilarious moments <laughs> yes. uh, in this movie. Wow. Get him on the pod. We'll Let's make get it him. happen. <laughs> yeah. Brittany, if you're listening. Um, wow, that's wild. Small world. What a small world we live in. Um, okay, so what was what was our experience uh, in rewatching? I guess this will just like kind of this will bleed into just talking about what we love about the movie. But what, what were our impressions after? Should we say something about what this is about? Oh, why don't Max? <laughs> we'll put you on the spot. What's the two minute summary of this film? Maybe less than two minutes. I, I just think what's the, the ten minute summary of this? The film? theme. <laughs> the theme of the film is about you know choice and man mm. versus self i think mm. ultimately where peter has to decide what path he wants to choose you know and he has to learn you know he knows what he wants to do but he needs to learn what he needs to do what uncle ben was trying to tell him to do and that's what one of the the heart lines of this whole story is um mm-hmm. and i think that 
you know, you talked on this uh, earlier, John, but like whenever we were all young and we watched it and we loved this movie more than the first one and more than the third one, <laughs> I think that it really like it, it gave a lot of respect to the audience of like this is a big superhero movie and it's got these great, beautiful sequences that are amazing. But like the best sequences are just about these amazing character moments because you already yeah. have an origin movie that sets up all the exposition that you really need you know mm. so it's yeah. really it has this blessing i mean it's i'm sure it's a blessing and a curse for the the filmmakers because they're like what do we do now but making the choice to look at peter and say well he's got all this incredible stuff but in two years it's pretty much ruined his life you know yeah and it's just set him up for i mean I'm, I'm not trying to go off topic, but like in this movie, no, there, there is so much failure, like yeah. <laughs> almost to yeah. the point where like that's a theme, like yeah. Peter fails, Doc Ock fails, um, uh, uh, James Franco, why am I, Harry, Harry fails, yeah. everybody's failing constantly, mm. you know, Aunt totally. May, Aunt May fails, it's, yeah. but it's like just this constant beat down of all of your, our characters that whenever you go into watching a second movie you're looking at it so romantically like you miss these people and they're all just in awful position aunt may's literally being thrown out of her house and yeah. she's like 85 you know yeah. um but you know the fact that this movie also sets us up for so much triumph and it doesn't even have to doc ock kills himself you know like it's not even like these moments are big physical overcomings yeah. they're personal and they're mm. so deep and like you said so much love you know like not only love for other people but like peter's love for himself and like the city and i think that like that right there is why this movie is just so damn good and why it's kind of hard to explain because you mm. watch it and you just feel good mm. you really do you know there's yeah. just so much selflessness and that's what you want to see when you watch a, a hero and and it feels earned like all of those feel good moments feel earned like not because of some manipulation on behalf on behalf of the you know on the part of the filmmakers or the you know the composer no. or whatever like it all feels like like yeah you you feel good feeling good about this movie which is not the case obviously for you know the elephant in the room is that this is you know cited as one of like the best superhero movies of all time mm -hmm maybe one of the best like sequels of all time mm. and then also cited by people who might not have like a super positive uh perception of the current mcu movies uh as being like an example of all of the magic magical potential of these movies that is squandered by you know the current landscape of superhero films yeah which i imagine we'll probably talk about at, no. the, at the expense of being parodies of <laughs> no, ourselves. No, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, forbidden. Scratch it off the list. Well, I've got nothing it then. Is, it is very ballsy to have the hero of your movie lose his job, like <laughs> in a sequel to lose his job, fail his classes in the first five minutes. Also, yeah. talking about failure in this movie, like mm. the beauty of the, of the ball scene where like literally – Sam Raimi and um, I forget the screenwriter's name. I think his name was like Sergeant or something. Um, but literally like beats next to beats of like uh, Peter Parker. Um, what happens? He he has that terrible interaction with Mary Jane where he real like she's getting married off to this mm. astronaut guy. And mm -hmm. then um, he gets slapped in the face by Harry. <laughs> so his best friend right. just embarrasses him in front of everybody and then like right there where he's just has a moment to compose himself the guy the astronaut guy's like and mary jane just asked to marry me and right jo and 
Jameson's just like, take a picture. Like that, yeah. th- that's like 45 seconds, at least yeah. a couple beats of that. And it's just all like, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Just the and the entire time he can't get a fucking drink or something to eat right. at the party, right? All of these right. like trays are passing by and he keeps going to grab like uh, a little sandwich or something like a, a glass of champagne. And they right. keep like, the last one keeps getting scooped up. And then he finally gets, he grabs something. He grabs like a glass of champagne um, and goes to drink it and it's empty. So right. yeah, just like even in just like the small moments, he sucks at life. I I think that like that scene too for me embodies one of the things that I love uh, is this from this movie from like a filmmaking perspective or from a screenwriting pers- or perspective is like there really isn't a moment wasted. There's mm. there's not yeah. even you know there isn't a moment wasted in if you're looking at a scene like what can transition us to the next thing right now and. It doesn't even feel like this thing of the filmmakers think we have small attention spans. It feels like we've got a lot to do in a small amount of yeah. time. And what are the most creative ways that we can just boom, just keep this thing moving? It's just airtight, mm. you know? Yeah. And there's even a, a lot of this in like, I we can get into the comedy in a minute, but like one of the funniest moments of like is how he throws the Spider-Man suit in the trash can. And it's just, just so dramatic, mm. you know? Our hero yeah. just gave up. And then it just cuts to like, him happily walking along with like <laughs> with that song this playing whole, the song sun drops are yes. wrong oh sun yeah sun drops are falling on my head rain yeah. and it's awesome. raindrops yeah. raindrops it, yeah. it's 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 just it's airtight and there's not an ounce of fat on the whole thing so yeah but well it's it's smart it's smart filmmaking like when you when he's at the daily bugle like um who who is the editor's name the main guy uh who, oh j jonah jameson j jonah jameson oh it's, it's just like it's so quick because, like, the character is, like, in a moment of crisis all the time, too. Though, so he just needs mm-hmm. to get everything done. But, like, in any other film, like, it just that would just be so exposition-y and so gross. Because, yeah. like, we want to get back to Peter, right? And Doc Ock. But, like, those moments, so quick, so quick. Uh, ask the girl for $100 and uh, borrow soap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah. it's all These are all, like, little mini-movies, too which I yeah. appreciate. Mm-hmm. Well, and the movie is, it's, I mean, it's also, it's also not short. Like it's, it's over two hours long. Mm-hmm. And like that, you know, even back then, like obviously that's more of the norm now, but I just, I feel like that could feel very long. It could feel like there are lots of moments wasted, but you're right. It doesn't really feel like there's any fat on it, especially, and it, you kind of need all of that time because it is ambitious, right? You're focusing on like, peter parker's personal life you're also focusing on like and we'll obviously talk about him but like a really fleshed out great villain in doc ock played by alfred molina and then you're also have to save time for these incredible action sequences which are obviously like the 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 heart of the movie like it's what most people go to the movie to see so there's a lot that you have to balance out and it feels like it's all balanced so well and it's all like you know it, it feels like the filmmakers are capitalizing on like the full potential of, of what they're working with. I, and I agree with you, John. And I think like that, when I see that in a movie, like it feels confident to me, you know, yeah. it feels like they're really, really confident in what they're trying to do. It feels like a movie yeah. that's got its shit together hmm. and it's confident in itself and it knows it doesn't need to dwell on certain things. And I think the beauty of that too, when you have a movie that's quick and fast is when you're also trying to be funny and the audience is so used to these nice, fast, smooth beats. And then you have a scene like that elevator scene where it literally it drags for like 
10 seconds mm. and, it, yeah. and you're just sitting there and it's hilarious mm. because you're like what the f- why does this feel so weird yeah. and it's because yeah. everything else i don't know it's just it creates this beautiful challenge of timing um that yeah. i think they just they nail in this with the comedic beats and the dramatic beats and it feels right it's like the right balance of it. like it's the right amount of you know comedy and silliness for a spider-man movie combined with like the right amount of heart and you know emotionality and the right amount of action like because i don't know i mean i guess all of those comics kind of have that potential but it feels like it feels very right for spider-man like it feels very right for the source material it it does and um yeah i don't know there, there's just so much heart like i when i was re-watching it i the scene where peter tells uh aunt may that he's the reason oh that, my God. that that um ben was in that position my and God, like yeah. how she just walks away, you know, and then the scenes take place and then he comes back over when there's she's moving really, up. There's n- barely any cuts in that scene. No. Yeah. No music. No. no music. And and it's just it, mm. and then he comes back and she's it's just so genuine of, you know, yeah. it's water under the bridge and I mm. love you and I'll always love you. And it's like it, mm. it's those to me, like those are the moments that that's why this movie's so remembered and why mm. it's so great yeah. is because. Yeah. It, it gives you 50-50. It gives you the, the action that you want and it gives you the, the heart that mm. you need that you're not even you don't you're not even asking for because you just like they just know that mm. it, it's gonna yeah. resonate. So just so many great I w- scenes. I watched this movie with uh, with my girlfriend, uh, Sarah Potoshny, friend of the pod, girlfriend of the pod. Uh and she had never seen it before. She had seen the first Spider Man, but she hadn't seen one of two yes, that's true. Um <laughs> Oh, we're gonna have to issue an apology. Not, wait, but by the way, not 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 one of two of my girlfriends. <laughs> of the pod. I should make that clear. Um, uh, wait, should we get into the apology first, or will this be after? We'll I do it at I the say. end as we okay. wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Um, uh, oh, anyway, so but this was one of the moments where I said during the movie, like I promised myself I wouldn't dwell on it too much while we were talking, but like after that scene, I was just like that, like has more emotionality to it and more like emotional resonance that scene with you know peter confessing to aunt may has more than every single you know moment of the mcu like oh john no 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 you're wrong there am i am i (laughs) go on go on um uh yeah and then she was like and she was like why are you screaming that from the an open window like come back into the come back into the living room and let's finish the movie the the, the russo brothers would have shot that the camera would have circled peter and aunt may a hundred <laughs> yeah. times and yeah, like there yeah. would just be this awful awful horn in the background yeah <laughs> right yeah and all color would have been zapped from the scene they all would have been yeah it would replace with gray um yeah. So Pat, so for you, 15 years later, what what were some of the big things that jumped out at you? Some of the big things that jumped well, out at you. Well, the first thing is is that I was playing with my hair and I had a gray one. Um so that's oh, probably wow. the first so like that, 15 sure. years after the fact. Um, <laughs> I got a haircut yesterday and she was cutting them and I was looking down and I was like, "Oh good heavens, there's a few grays in here." Last um, time you saw the movie, you uh you were looking like the the 11-year-old neighbor who was helping Aunt May move, and now you're looking like Uncle Ben from no, the grave. No, when I saw this when I was 11, I had <laughs> I had it down to here. Oh, hell yeah. I had it down yeah, that's, that, that was like, that's like, pan, like start of the pandemic or middle of the pandemic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Levels. Um, could use another pandemic um, to get my head right. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, it's coming. Um, yeah. I think what, what the biggest stuff that, that like, the animation is fine. 
Yeah. But the the non-animated parts look so good. Like, there's such a yeah. sheen to them. Like, it's yeah. very much like we're actually going to shoot this like real life. Like, it's actually New York. We're yeah. actually in a house in Queens. Yeah, and if and if listeners of this pod will know that Pat has very strong feelings about what does seem like New York or doesn't seem like real New York, uh, if when he's watching something that mm. takes place in New York, so that is the ultimate like Pat Stanley stamp of approval. Well, that was also something that I was noticing. I was like, oh, like I I I know all these sort of landmarks in New York, and like I feel I feel like New York is such a strong part of the Spider-Man character. And that yeah. was such an interesting thing when I was growing up because I had no concept of New York. The first time I went to New York City, I was in college. So I was like – it was it was still this like very, very foreign land. Even after I moved and lived there, it was still – there was still a mystique, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I and I was watching um, – seeing about Alfred Molina and I was watching his performance and I probably know a little bit more about acting than I did when I was 12. Some would argue I know less. Debatable. <laughs> um, and then I was like watching his performance and I was like, oh, he's actually taking this seriously. Yeah. He's actually taking this seriously. Like, he yeah, actually... but, but not but not chewing the scenery either. No, no, no. no. It's he's tastefully chewing the scenery. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, he's nibbling. The there's scenery. so much. There's so much of this film that like might seem dated from a uh, 2004 it was literally seems like the 1800s now in terms of like <laughs> technology in terms of how people interact with each other um but like i i don't know it it still feels it still feels vital mm-hmm. it still feels vital it does it does not feel saccharine either which yeah. when i turned it on last night i remembering the emotionality of the film like and i don't we don't we don't have to beat the emotionality of this film half to death but i was like oh this is going to be corny right like right, something right, that right. was so emotionally vital to me when i was you know 12 13 14 15 it has to be saccharine at this point yeah like it's just i'm not gonna buy it and i think it's just because he sam raimi is just not a, he's not afraid to just say this is a family drama now. Yeah. This is a breakup movie. Right. And can I say something? Please. Is I'll edit the, it out, but yeah, is, you can say something. It's really great. Like, I don't buy this Tom Holland stuff for many reasons. One, he's English. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> two, sure. it's just not interesting that he's handsome. Yeah. Like, the whole yeah. sort of, like... And I still kind of, like, relate to this because, like, I didn't really have all the self-confidence in the world when I was 12 years old. But, like, mm-hmm. the whole thing about this is, like, he's a fucking nerd. Yeah. And what I didn't what I didn't pick up on until this time is, like, when he, whenever he owns a part of himself, even when he owns the nerdiness, people still respect him for it. Right, right. And I thought that yeah. was just great. You know, that's not something I would have picked up on that that long ago you know because maybe you're typically like oh well it sucks that he's a nerd and he's not jacked anymore and he has glasses yeah um, right <laughs> can you imagine I, I <laughs> the um, ultimate mark of failure <laughs> um for the for the listener at home pat just took off his glasses and, just at the and the eyesight's not getting any better i'll tell you that um 
Yeah, yeah. Can I say one thing? I I I was just like, because I know a little bit about filmmaking, not a lot, but I know a little. Sure. And I know a little bit about the history of Sam Raimi and his sort of uh, filmmaking school in low budget sort of horror. Yeah. The scene where the doctors try to cut the arms oh. off of Doc Ock. My fucking God. I was like, I, you know, yeah. I use the word, the M word a lot. It's not mask. Don't worry. Yeah, I don't know what's um, going on. That little sequence is a masterpiece. Mm. It's yeah. a masterpiece. Yeah. Like, yeah. from angles, sound effects, cover, like, it's a masterpiece. Like, just yeah, that, that little, was a, little thing. That was a scene, uh, yeah, I was watching it, as I said, with my girlfriend, and she said, uh, like, she was she was very surprised, because she was like, this is really violent. And that's where I was like, oh, well, Sam Raimi has his background <laughs> in low-budget horror filmmaking. And she was like, can you get off the roof now? Like, my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really is just like a mini horror film like in you know in in this movie and in another for you know in the hands of another filmmaker in another movie it would feel totally at odds like people would be like it's just so conspicuous there's like why is there this like weird you know super hyper stylized um horror film yeah or it would just be a plot device like let's just get him out of the hospital and on the yeah yeah like but why don't we take our time here and like yeah you know I recommend for anyone anyone interested, there is a really cool um, video on YouTube that talks about like the making of that scene and like pretty much all of it is like practicals and it's apparently they also like I could be wrong here, but I what I remember is that like they filmed that and like it was intended to be like a I don't know what the filmmaking, but it was it was meant to be kind of like a blueprint for it that they were then going to like capitalize on later on. But I guess they just did like their early takes of it and they were like no, this looks fucking great. Let's just use this, hmm. essentially. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's that scene in and of itself is also just, yeah, you're right. It is a masterpiece and something that um, I just don't think we see very, very much of. And yeah, it goes back to the use of practicals as well, which is another thing I poked Sarah about uh, throughout the movie. It's sure. like, oh, that's real. That's real. <laughs> that's real. That building is on fire, right? Like that has, that sets on fire when Peter, when he loses his powers I... and the little... Uh, probably at yeah. least part yeah. of it. It has to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If if it if it isn't, it looks great still. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Like this movie is like number. I mean, I really do think that it is like a a perfect movie. But like it, it is all. It's everything is as good as it could be for being made in two thousand four. It's the yeah. same thing. Same thing. I feel about watching rewatching Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I'm like literally like everything that could be good and could like hold up does still hold up like yeah there are a couple like moments where the cgi doesn't doesn't hold up as well as it could obviously but way fewer than you would expect um yeah that was kind of like one of my my main takeaways from it another one of my main takeaways oh sorry you were gonna say something oh, no, no, no i wasn't go ahead please <laughs> go ahead um man i just remembered like the discourse surrounding both toby mcguire and kirsten dunce uh, after this movie um and since then, being so negative, they were done so dirty. They are fucking great mm. in this yeah. movie. Mm. They, they are, are. I remember both of them. Big people talking about how Tobey Maguire couldn't act, was too dorky, really? and Kirsten Dunst being. Yeah, I remember like people really bagging on Tobey Maguire after this movie. Um, and even like when I talk about these movies to this day, which I do more than I probably should. Uh, people will sometimes kind of like disparagingly say like, oh, you mean the Tobey Maguire versions? Um, and yeah, and I feel like Kirsten Dunst was also gonna, we talked about this on the, oh, on our episode where we were talking about uh, like Oscar, um, uh, 
upcoming uh what's it called uh like films like uh, uh, most anticipated films for oh she's in yeah yeah and i was saying like i'm hoping that like you know she gets like an oscar nomination so we can finally have justice for kirsten dunst because she also got a very bad rap after this movie as mm-hmm. people like talking about how much they hated her voice that she couldn't act but i think that they separately are great in this movie and together they're just every interaction between them i just i buy it and there's so much sweetness and sincerity um and yeah it just it it works for me in a way that i I, I, I was expecting to maybe find a little bit more to take issue with just because like so much of that discourse has happened and so many people like, you know, dogged on them for a while. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It all. I mean, everyone in this movie is great. Like they're great. Um, yes. James Franco is also great. Uh, uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, the woman who plays Aunt May, Rosemary something. Uh, yeah, yeah she's, she's she's incredible. Um, and yeah. And obviously. Uh, Alfred Molina as as Doc Ock is just like the fact that yeah the fact that like his end happens in the way that it does like without any sort of like big fight it's just him like actually having like a moment of realization and like Mm. of redemption that just like again like it just could not it could not slash would not happen like in a superhero movie Mm. that's made today yeah um or like yeah, like he would have to be defeated. Like I, I was just like skipping around some like Marvel scenes, like MCU scenes, and I was just I was watching the Guardians of the Galaxy scene where like right as like the villain is about to like end the world, like Chris Pratt like does a little dance off with him, and he's like super confused. He's like, "What are you doing?" And then he's like, "I'm distracting you, bitch." And then he like you know he defeats him in some way. That's mm. just like is way more emblematic of like the way that villains, you know, have to meet their end. Um, in this in this day and age chris pratt is the greatest actor of his generation um he is i'm so glad that we have him uh, yeah we, we have the, the best actor of our parents generation playing garfield back in the day with in bill murray <laughs> and now we have chris pratt so really two sides same coin kind of situation um will will it better uh garfield 2 a tale of two kitties probably not but we can only hope impossible yeah truly impossible um other things other things that we that's uh stuck out to us oh here's another thing i it's so interesting that like even back then like we still like there was still uh i guess it wasn't marvel back then i guess it was sony at the time but like there were still um i guess it wasn't marvel then i guess it was sony (laughs) at the time (laughs) yeah i i I deserve that um but we still had like you because like people will talk nowadays about how like you know we have like Chloe Zhao like making Eternals. We had mm-hmm. um, uh, like Taika Waititi like making uh, what's it called Thor Ragnarok, right? We have like mm-hmm. these like sort of auteur or auteur-ish filmmakers like being trusted with like these big budget movies and people having confusion about that. I mean, I guess that was very much the case like with Sam Raimi back then, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I think there was like confusion as to like why they were entrusting like this big potentially big franchise to like this essentially yeah like low budget B horror or maybe not be horror, but low budget, like horror filmmaker. Um, it yeah. Was expect- it was not expected to go as well as it did. It, it was a weird time in that like early two thousands, because like we've been talking about Lord of the Rings a lot in this. And like, that's a pretty good example of what Peter Jackson did as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, with, that's true. with like a massive, except, you know, tenfold, a massive trilogy, you know, I, I actually am not sure of the, 
budget of the three Spider-Man movies. I just know the budget of the Lord of the Rings movies is obviously massive. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. like those examples with like Taika Waititi and the other more um, the directors who kind of get propelled into doing these giant superhero things. It feels to me like they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle again with what yeah. they did early on. Um, and yeah. I think sometimes it's just one of those things where it's like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I think that uh, from a it makes sense on paper to where, you know, I'm sure the executives look at the audience and they know we don't want, you know, the same sort of system putting stuff out. So they mm. think let's give some sort of young auteur this great yeah. prop, like great property well, and see also, what they do with it. They're also, they also want the potential to get a dark night and an Oscar. Right. Like yeah. at the end of the day, they're hopeful that they could get some they still care about awards even yeah, though they totally. disparage Scorsese and they say oh his his comments are unbased and duh, 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 duh. they still want to be <laughs> at the it, winners yeah. table mm-hmm. they still yeah. care about that you know what i mean yeah and it keeps happening for them like right like black panther that yeah. it worked right and mm-hmm. it was the same kind of thing right with Ryan Coogler uh, directing that so it does I have keep a happening hmm. would you direct a superhero movie Right now, I feel like I would have a panic attack the moment they called me. <laughs> okay, well, let's maybe, say, okay, let's maybe, say, maybe if like, I Max, got... we have a doctor over here. He can write you Xanax prescriptions <laughs> all for the next six months. You're going to live in London. I would think, you, would you do it? I think one day when I, when I have a feature that under my belt that I could, mm. you know, know what I'm getting into. Sam Raimi had several features under his belt yeah. before he went into this. Even Peter Jackson had yeah. several great features under his belt. Yeah. So, right. <clears throat> I think one day that will be cool. I, I think looking at uh, what Sam Raimi did with, with these, you know, Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2, like particularly Spider-Man 2, it's just so accessible. It's just it – is, it is this beautiful family mm. drama and this relationship. Yeah. But I also am watching Spider-Man 2 and I'm like, how the hell did they do any of this? Yeah. But because it's yeah. – with so many of the sequences that I have absolutely no idea. But I think it would be a cool thing to hope for one day sure. to be able to do something like that. I think sure. as a as an artist, you want to be you know a contemporary. You want to be a part of the environment that all the other artists are. And I think at right now when it comes to pop culture, superhero movies are the biggest you can get. Um, so that would be a cool thing one day. Would you, Patrick, if they came to you? You have no idea what my writer would be. Like. <laughs> you <have. laughs> Whatever you think a diva wants, I want you to. <laughs> yeah, that would um, be think... that would double the budget right there. <laughs> I think I do want to play in someone else's sandbox, and I think I was honestly, if I hadn't seen Dune, mm. I'd probably be like, no. But now that I've seen Dune, which everyone should w- listen to our last episode, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is someone who like, it's like, it's like, Dune is the best throwback in my opinion to the Lord of the Rings, to uh, Spider Man Two, even to I I'm a fan of Spider Man One, than these other kind of things. So I was like, oh, there's still hope. Now, granted. Denis Villeneuve also had seven <laughs> fucking features under his belt. Um, right, right. So yeah, I, I I think I'm a little more agreeable to that. Mm, but I would sure. also, yeah. I hold out hope. I mean, I'm super cynical about all this stuff, but like there are so many platforms now and that 
Like, I didn't even know that, like, there's The Mandalorian and there's a Bob Boba Fett show now. I had no idea. Yeah, I, like, I, saw, I saw the trailer for that, and I, I remember it being announced at some point, but I totally there's gotta forgot. There's got to be. So are you – I mean, they're all bad, but there's yeah. got to be one in the next 10 years that, like, is going to be good. Sure. There has to sure. be. I mean, it's a numbers game, right? Unless yeah. they're all mediocre in the sense of, like, we're truly fucked. <laughs> but, right. like, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that, like, one actually good film – motivates kids to like do more make yeah. something or or know? if they're all bad then people will just at some point get sick of it and there will be some sort yeah. of like artistic uh revolution of some sort yeah. you were gonna say something max yeah sorry um i kind of forget what i was gonna say i'm gonna be honest but we we nice going pat we mentioned to try to this bridge is not the first time i've derailed the <laughs> conversation <laughs> it was funny because it's like the the thing that i brought up earlier about like man versus self peter parker versus himself and his own struggles i also recently watched dune you know and mm-hmm. the struggles that paul goes through what's mm. you know being blessed with this beautiful you know highborn yeah all this power face that he doesn't know what to do with and struggles with and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like Spider-Man 2 is kind of it's kind of Dune. Spider-Man yeah. Dune could be Spider-Man epilogue. I don't know how you want to yeah. word that, but yeah. Or or Dune Dune Part 2 will Dune be Part Spider-Man 2. two. Yeah, we can hope. Be. Oh my oh my god, that would be yeah. Could be. Truly we can only hope. Um a couple more things uh before we start wrapping up, but I mean, we have to talk about it. The fucking train scene. Oh yeah. Incredible. I mean, absolutely yeah. it, you know what with the i'm sorry i don't mean to take your space for i did I, I i was just gonna have a no, stupid because if quip. you don't he will so. <laughs> feel very passionately about this but i think one thing that this movie does well is it does show new york well you know it feels like a new york yeah. movie it feels like we're yeah. surrounded by new yorkers and i think throughout the movie whether it's aunt may whether it's the little girl he saves from the burning house they mm-hmm. all they're not just in distress you know without nothing like that little girl helps him up aunt may yeah. bashes doc ock in the head to save spider-man oh, and what yeah. i'm getting at is like it feels like these new yorkers from the beginning not just in the train scene but they have a part to play in this they're not just yeah. standing by mm-hmm. they do it in this first spider-man movie too and i think that the train sequence embodies that so well because you know of course, Spider-Man has to save them whenever he does. But as soon as they can step in, as soon as they can do the right thing, they do it, you know, and they yeah. all stand in front of him. They all try to protect him. And I think that, like, not even beginning to talk about the awesome sequence that that is from an action perspective. But I yeah. think, like, that's where I find the heart in that is you just put him in a train car with a bunch of New Yorkers and a villain. And it just feels so 50-50. You know, Spider-Man's yeah. given everything he can and the New Yorkers are given everything they can. And it just... It feels good. It's one of those scenes that really is an earned victory. Thereby proving what Aunt May says just a couple scenes earlier. Mm. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Exactly. And I think, too, with your point, Pat, with him not being, like, incredibly good-looking guy, like, he really – they take the mask off, and he really does look like some dude on the street, you know? And yeah. one of them says, he looks like my son, or he, he's, like, my son's yeah. age. Or, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, And it's great. And, and, and when, and when, the, when the, the, the kids hand him the mask, and they're like, oh. don't worry, we won't tell nobody. But yeah. it's not saccharin. Yeah. It's not. It's not, it's not saccharin. Not. It's incredible. Nor is it undercut by the fact that, like – Doc Ock like busting the train and he's like you know and and all of the New Yorkers are like 
if you want him, you got to come through me and me and me. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay. And then he just like splits the crowd yeah, like incredible. evenly. Like it's not, it's, it doesn't undercut it. And I feel like, yeah, in a more modern, in a, in a, yeah, in a recent Marvel movie, it would totally like undercut it or would just kind of like be some sort of like ironic posturing or yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't do that. Also, yeah. I mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. They'd be like, they'd be like you're gonna have to go through me and then doc ock would be like well i like 80s music or, <laughs> right <laughs> that's yeah. what i feel yeah. like guardians of the galaxy was like yeah. Do, 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 do. yeah well how about th- do you like 80s and it's just like what is yeah. happening yeah 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 it's true and everyone um, in the theater's like <laughs> yeah and like i'm like seals. am, I, we- yeah, am I a weird guy <laughs> just like oh my god i mean go ahead john enough you okay. go all right no, I was just gonna say. Uh, still speaking on the the um the the train scene. I mean, at, given my background, I have to comment on, uh, yeah, on the fact that when as the scene is or as the train finally does slow down, what is the position that Peter Parker or that Spider Man is uh, has assumed? A position you've seen many times. Yeah, for the audience at home, I'm holding out my arms uh, <laughs> straight. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, people like you know, understandably and rightfully so, give snack, give Zach. <laughs> I was just call him snack, snack Zyder, uh, Zach Snyder, uh, shit for all of like the you know Christ illusions in his Superman movies. Um, but I don't know. I I bought this one. I bought mm-hmm. this one. Uh, the fact that he's you know holding his arms out, and then when like the, when the crowd like when he falls back on the crowd and he's mm-hmm. being you know carried through, mm-hmm. he's also assuming that position. Um, Really, really worked for me. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about very, when he was taken visceral. off the cross and his body was passed through. <laughs> That's a deleted <laughs> scene. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, I yeah, I guess we'll talk about. We can talk about that. Um, uh, I I actually for this because I watched this on a website that has mm, maybe not the highest level of legality. Um, because I just I didn't want to pay for it. Um, the only version they had was spider-man 2.1 which is the extended cut mm. have you guys seen that no no i didn't even know it existed it's bad like really really oh. an example of yeah i mean it only add like eight minutes to it but everything that gets added is just fucking <laughs> thumbs down city it sucks i mean like the scene with the elevator you know the guy where he's going down like in the yeah. in the in the actual version or the theatrical version, he's going down the elevator. Like, you know, he's uh, he's like on the top of like the building and he realizes that he's lost the powers and he, you know, he's scared of falling. So he takes the so it just cuts immediately to him in an elevator with a, when it, in the costume with the guy next to him. And the guy just says, as you said, Max, it's super short. Mm-hmm. The guy just says, cool Spidey outfit. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's a little uncomfortable. And then the guy's like, mm-hmm. and he's like, gets a little itchy around the crotch. And the guy's like, cool. And then it just cuts it. But that scene in the director's cut is like the guy's like, I really love what you do. Um, I actually work like with a PR firm in the oh, building. Oh, no. And like, really? I have like, he's like, you know, I, I like what you do, but I was thinking like maybe you could get into like children's books or something like that. Like we could oh, really like work no. with you. Like, you know. Mm. And then he like does this weird, like, it probably was like a lot of it was improv. He's like, starts snapping. He's like, ooh, and we could also, we could do, mm, let me think for a second. It's and he just like hands it up big time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah and then he's like he's like i can give you my card and he's like i don't have any pockets and he's like oh right and the entire scene is like two minutes long and it's just yeah uh it was it's hard to watch a movie like that as yeah. someone who knows the other movies That's so crazy well because like they would it was, re-add that 
and um, Sam Raimi did that himself. Uh, like that, it's a director's cut. Like he added that in, and yeah, it's like there's just a bunch of this stuff. There's a scene after um, MJ gets engaged to the to the very kind astronaut um, who mm. you know. R.I.P. to him. Um, uh, there's a scene after she gets engaged where she's like talking with her friends, like they're shopping, and she's like, "Do you really love him?" And she's like, "Yeah, I guess." And she's like, "You guess? How can he like? You know, does he not make you feel this way and this way and this way and this way?" And she just like goes on, and I was like, mm, "Who's like which producer's niece was that that was given like those <laughs> that, that like those four minutes?" Because she's also not very good in that movie. Um, so yeah, would not recommend the extended version. It kind of like soured 2.1. the experience for me a little bit, but I wasn't going to jump ship after I realized it and then pay, you know, 2.99, not in this economy. Of course not. Yeah. It's actually 3.99. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. <laughs> um before we move on to the very very last thing we want to talk about, are there any any final thoughts about the film itself that we want to <clears throat> get on the table? Um, you know, I think, I just think it's a, a fantastic movie and I think it's a movie that if anybody, it doesn't matter what level you are from a filmmaking perspective, I think it, it really is like a masterclass on just an entertaining movie that just moves so quick in all the right ways. And when I watched it, I, I think of indie projects that mm. spend so much time on stuff that's really not that important not even exposition just mm. whether it's an attempted joke that lasts too long or information that yeah. you think they need to hear but they really don't and i think that this is a movie that if you pop on and really watch it and pay attention to it it kind of slaps you in the face of like wow that that yeah. was great and it's it's quick it's effective and it's just so entertaining mm. you know and yeah. So I, I, it's a movie that I would recommend for anybody from a from a filmmaking perspective. Like you just watch it and you're gonna have fun, and honestly, it's gonna inspire you to want to make something even a little bit like that. So yeah, yeah, it's a good. I mean, film. It inspired us to make this episode of this podcast. Exactly. Is, some some are saying that you know that this episode is the the Spider Man two of Pat and John their best behavior episodes. Wow. So that's an yeah. honor. Because it features us, it features us failing a lot. That's, that's, why, <laughs> that's why that's why they feel that way. Um, yeah, I just cannot reinforce this enough. Like I, I know Pat said that we shouldn't dwell too much on the heart of it all, but when I watched this movie when I was young, I just wanted to be because I was again I was eleven. I wanted to be in love so badly when I watched oh, this movie. We all which is such a happening. weird thing to say about a Spider-Man two, a Spider-Man movie, yeah. but it just made me want to have like all of the you know, the internal and external conflicts that, mm -hmm. that comes with being in love. Which, on that note, it it makes sense that the thing that would also resonate with me is the aforementioned companion piece uh, that is not as iconic, but for a certain subset of, of human is, is, is maybe equally or just about as iconic, which is the soundtrack of this movie. <laughs> Actually, no, not the soundtrack, not the score, not like the Danny Elfman score, mm -hmm. which in and of itself is incredible. Um, and we probably should have talked about that, but another podcast for another day. But the um, the album Music From and Inspired by Spider-Man 2, which this was pretty common back in the day. I don't know if it still is common, but uh, you know, oh, a lot yeah. of times. The, 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 the Post Malone song for the... Um... Into the Spider-Verse? Or... Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. like the biggest song that yeah. year. Yeah, that's true. I guess, yeah, that's true. But I guess I'm thinking about like like an entire album of like songs that are not featured in the in oh the yeah, movie. yeah 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 
Um, oh. It probably does still happen, but I feel like it's just, I mean, like most album releases, it's not as much as an event, it's not as much of an event as, like, as it used to be. Um, right. Because my, my older brothers had this album, and I fucking love that album so much i would like mm. steal it from like their very large cd case and and play it and i i just loved it so much and it like exposed me to so many bands that i would go on to listen to um quite a bit like it's very much all like kind of like pop punk alternative rock sort of stuff mm. um and it's just it's it's hit after hit for me um so we each brought in a song from that and pat it makes sense that you will start us off with the song that you uh, wanted to listen to a little bit of from the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. So, so this song, I just really remember the video. And mm-hmm. I, I think I just remember, I think girls really liked this song too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And the song is called Vindicated by Dashboard Confessional. Yes. And it plays during the credits of the song. So we'll listen to a little bit of Vindicated by Dashboard Confessional from the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. <laughs> The thunderous and lightning is not included in the in the song. It's, it's just from the music video. This is when watching. music videos had preludes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and costs fifty million dollars. guy's butt chin i mean of course the girls liked it <laughs> that's chris caraba sorry emo royalty <laughs> speak his full name and he's a handsome guy you know i gotta say this kind of has a like a christian <laughs> I don't know who you think you're talking to right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's some of that going on there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, very much like um, Reliant K vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you're absolutely right, Pat. I mean, like, girls fucking love not just the song, but Dashboard Confessional. Yeah. Like, watch like videos from like his VH1 performance, like acoustic performance. It's just girls. Just like screaming along to every the most emo girls imaginable, just screaming <laughs> along to every single, every single one of these words. Um, girls who wouldn't look yeah. twice at John. No, his, but, during yeah, his forum but, years. But I so badly wanted to be that. Like I, you know, I played guitar. I had the fucking swoopy hair. I just wanted, I wanted to have what he had, but mm. um, still don't to this day. Um, yeah, great. I mean, truly, like. The lead-in from, like, the end of the movie into the credits, like, for me, is just one of the best, like, credits sequences, like, imaginable. I just really, like, unironically, uh, like, ride hard for this song as a, as a credit, credit sequence. Um, yeah, which uh, it, it somehow manages to better uh, yet another aspect of, of the Spider-Man series. Um, because do you guys remember what, this, what the uh, credit, closing credits uh, song was for the first Spider-Man? I don't. A little song called Hero by the band Nickelback. Ah. Featuring the vocalist. I can't remember his name, but Chad the vocalist Kroger. from the band. Well, no, no. It's Nickelback featuring the vocalist from the band Saliva. 
Yeah. Oh, so. Wow. That's great. <laughs> 105.9 The X. Did you ever listen to 105.9 The X? No. What? Is it a radio show around here? Pittsburgh's no, I'm Alternative Rock. Hour North. I don't oh. know. It was uh, out of the, the frequency. What was saliva a big a big oh, band yeah. in that? Uh, yeah. Seether yeah. <laughs> saliva. Seether saliva. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Cock rock, I believe, is what they called it. Okay, um, John. With the language. Sorry, sorry. We'll we'll bleep it out. We'll bleep it out. Um, yeah, God, I love I love this song so much. It makes me feel so many so many things. Um, uh, okay, and then uh, Max, you uh, wanted to listen to a little bit of uh, the song "Hold On" the by Jet the band song. by the band Jet mm-hmm. um, of "Are You Gonna Be My Girl" fame and uh, "Cold Hard." We shouldn't say this on the pod, but cold, the it. song "Cold Hard Bitch." Ooh, cold uh, hard bench. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cold hard uh, bench. Oh, the cold hard bench. Yeah. <laughs> this song uh, is of a slightly different tenor than all of those, uh, though, which is probably why it's actually listenable. Um, so this is "Hold On" <laughs> by Jet. Do you guys remember where this plays in the? That's what I was just trying. To, it's near the beginning. Yeah. This is this plays um, when he's getting ready to go to um, the play. The, the uh, play. The play. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The play, yeah. which was my first play in high school, the importance of being earnest. Oh really? Which butler were you? <laughs> I was the fucking lead. Okay. Oh okay. All right. <laughs> yes, folks. He did just dab. Good early two thousands classic right here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, speaking of the theater scene, that was another scene that was um, extended in the. Uh, was it Bruce Campbell's version. scene? Yeah, yeah, like he was just—it just went on for too long. Like he was just like hamming it up a little too much yeah. um, and sort of overstayed his welcome. Whenever you see that, it kind of makes you sad because you remember it as this beautiful little nugget, and you're like, "Wow, yeah. they really nailed it." And then you see it when they had time, and you're just—that's yeah. why I don't even like watching deleted scenes because it kind of oh, loses. It really like screws with the magic of it a little bit where I'm like, yeah ah. yeah yeah i mean they're deleted oftentimes for a, a reason like obviously yes. there's some ex- there's some exceptions like the extended version of lord of the rings and i haven't seen it but i guess the kingdom of heaven like director's cut like makes it like an actual really good movie as opposed to a mediocre movie but i have not hmm. i've not uh dedicated time to it um, so that's Hold On by Jet. And then this is my, I mean, my, my favorite song uh, from the album is Vindicated by Dashboard Professional. But in the interest of adding something new, um, this song is uh, Gifts and Curses by everyone's favorite pop punk band that, wait for it, also features a violin. Wow. This song is by the band Yellow Card. You might say to John, but John, I don't hear a violin yet. Well, (laughs) this feels like Irish pop. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like one step below Flocky Molly. (laughs) I am. I'm in a hot topic right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Yeah, you're on a podcast with me, so you are in a hot topic, whether you like it or not. I like how this they took the approach of writing a, a song that, like, very explicitly references the movie, whereas, like, the other movies are, like, or the other songs are kind of, like, channeling the, you know, vibes, themes, the vibes, yeah. 
villain I relatable. can't knock down is me. That is God. poetry. Bill Shakespeare right there. Yeah. Who? <laughs> 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 wow. Uh, so yeah, you get the idea there. It's um, gorgeous. It's I, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> This, it, and it, there are other, there's a there's a taking back sunday song on mm. this um there's like a time capsule there's a hoobastank song on this i okay. mean and this is how now we're talking now we've mentioned some true artists there's there's also a train song on this the second song is this uh song by train called ordinary which kind of slaps um mm-hmm. uh there's an atari song on this and Ooh. here's how you know that it's a real time capsule there's a song by the band Lost Profits. I... <laughs> Do you know what happened to Lost Profits? I don't. Oh, Do you I remember Lost tr- Profits? Do you remember like the last train home? Yeah. Last train but home. Uh, still... What happened? Um, uh, I mean, t- truly unspeakable things. Like literally things that we can't talk about on this podcast. Yeah, really? We can't talk about yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, very Googleable though. Yeah, very yeah. Ian Watkins is the singer and yeah. unimaginably horrible things. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. yeah. So, I just if you are curious at home, just like uh, this is ultimate content trigger warning for what you will find when you when you Google him. I mean, really? like you know, descriptions oh, yeah. of what he did. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it after yeah. after okay. we get off the yeah. air. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So they're on there as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just like, and it just feels very fitting, like that mm-hmm. level of like open heartedness and like uh, unironic well, that, emotionality that, that is. Peter would be listening to this. I do too. You know. Yeah. He'd be like that's true yeah yeah no that's yes that is true that is true uh so yeah it just felt kind of felt kind of perfect in that aspect so yeah it was just all of a, all of a piece with that and again these were all bands like i didn't like i listened to that taking back sunday song i didn't know at the time that it was also like a song from like an incredibly classic uh you know emo album you know mm. that, that they released as well um so it was just kind of cool to have like those little like nuggets those little teasers uh dropped in there um yeah, and then also this, and then we'll we'll end here, I think. But I was just thinking about this. It is kind of it's so perfect in a sense that this movie is kind of like the last. I mean, it was one of the first, but also like kind of like the last like really successful like Marvel movie up until like the MCU re- reboot in terms of like it being critically acclaimed and it making mm. a shit ton of money. And this movie is the way that it is. And then, like, the movie that sort of, like, picked it up and ran with it, like, in the MCU world is Iron Man, which is mm. – I, I I like Iron Man a lot, um, mm. but it just – it is a movie that has so much, like, irony and sort of, like, wryness to it in terms mm. of, like, the humor and, like, there's a sort of, like, cynicism to it that I feel like – I don't know. That feels fitting to mm. me. I, I feel like – my theory. One thing, no, I think you're absolutely right, John. And I think like one takeaway from this movie from a story perspective is like if you really beat the hell out of your character and bring them to like the lowest point in their entire life and then start there, you're headed in a good direction, Mm. you know, story wise. And I think like Tony Stark in Iron Man 1 in that cave and um, Tobey Maguire in his situation is different, but it ultimately it's kind of the same where – they're just fighting up the whole time. And uh, I yeah. think like with two storylines like that, it doesn't surprise me that they were so they had so much room for success because you're just starting your characters off at such a really, really interesting, good place. Yeah. Yeah. And again, they, they also they they capitalize on that well and sort of see it 
fruition mm-hmm. really successfully. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good place to end it. Is that a good hmm. place to end it? Yeah. I think so. Oh, we have to do our little apology really quick. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So my girlfriend, Kate, the two part two of two uh, of the girlfriends of the podcast. I don't know how she feels about that description, but go ahead. (laughs) She was irate that in our review of Dune, we did not mention Rebecca Ferguson Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. the Ben Jesseret. Yes. Right, 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 right. And I will say... and yeah, also, I mispronounced Zen... Zendaya. Zendaya's Zendaya. name. Did you say yeah. Zendaya? And not only that... Fair, a lot of people do. We were, at, do. we were at dinner, and our waitress was, like, listening to our conversation, and Kate was like... Oh, no, I was like, hey, do you know who... It, it, what's... Is, is Zendaya, Zendaya, Zendaya her name? And she's like, no, what are you talking about? Um, so yeah, I was embarrassed by Zoomer, um, <laughs> and I want to I mean, apologize. Welcome to my life for the I, past I want to apologize six for, years for mispronouncing her name, and I want to apologize on behalf of our podcast for not mentioning Rebecca Ferguson's incredible performance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also um, Charlotte Rampling's incredible performance as sort of mm-hmm. leader of the Mystics. Yeah, um, yeah. That Though, in, in in our defense, that's that's not really explored all that much in this this section of it and will be later on so yes but yes but you're right but yeah rebecca ferguson i i actually talked about this on the way back from the movie when i watched it um Mm. when i when i saw in theaters but there is something kind of like shakespearean late lady Macbethian sort of Mm. about her performance uh that i really appreciated and yeah i can't believe maybe i didn't mention it because i was shy because i thought that maybe you would laugh in my face or something pat no Uh, and say, what are you even talking about? So, yeah. Can I weigh in? Can I Please. Can I say yeah. something that yeah, I yeah, have yeah, to yeah. apologize yeah. for yeah. in a couple of weeks? Yeah. Um, I thought that her performance was incredible. And I thought that uh, it was also, I mean, I haven't read Dune. But I think, like, presenting her as this matriarch and this incredible woman, incredible person. Um, but also so much of the time that we spend with her, she's just in emotional despair because of her own conflict with yeah. her son. And I think that that I think it was very bold. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. setting her up as this sort of incredible character, but also seeing how she's having these same sort of matching struggles with her son. I just thought it was a just a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing about her character. And she did it so well. And I think that that helicopter sequence when they're using the voice is probably one of my favorite scenes in the Mm. whole movie. And I think that she did so incredible. And that was such a, a moment of film where I was like, she is the most powerful person I've ever seen in my life. Like all, all you have to do is take her, her bandana off or whatever, and she can do whatever she wants. And it was just such mm. a badass character moment. So mm, totally. I, I really, I dug her whole part in the movie. I think she did a fantastic job. Totally. Totally. <sighs> oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, thanks boy, guys for the podcast. I'm Pat. Uh, this is John. <laughs> Max, um, what, Max, what do you have to yeah, plug? You have a lot of Where can people stuff. find you? Where can you people find you stuff? and your stuff you do, on the internet? Why don't you do um, – I love – I'm telling you what to say. Please. Um, why don't you talk about the 48-hour thing? Sure. And um, the inspirational music. Sure. Um, so I have uh, two films that I've been kind of pushing right now. One is a five-minute long horror short film that I did. I, I um, wrote, directed, and produced for the Pittsburgh 48 
horror sci-fi competition. Um, the story was by me and Ralph or Ralph, Raphael uh, DeLulo. Um, but it is available on my Vimeo page, which is just Vimeo. We'll include it. We'll yeah, put it in. they'll we'll include it. In um, mm-hmm. And then another short film called The Sale, which is going to be premiering, I guess, at Pittsburgh Shorts, which is a festival that Patrick is involved in as well. No, a film that you're attached to in some yeah, regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's I'll be there. That's going to be uh, premiering on November 19th, but um, the sale will be available at that link as well. But if you're in the Pittsburgh area, please feel free to come to the screening because it's a beautiful theater in East Liberty. It's called the Kelly Strayhorn. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be a night of, I think, around eight films that are all kind of horror thriller films. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you check out Pittsburgh Shorts, they have a ticket information on that. It is the Thriller Chiller Block 1, Friday night at 10 p.m. Thriller, um, thriller, chiller, thriller, chiller. Yeah, it's all kind Hell of yeah. horror thriller films. Um, and other than that, you know, I'm just I'm I'm writing. I'm trying to put more films out. I'm. Really, well, we have a thing coming out. We have a thing coming out. Yes, very soon that I've been dragging my feet on, but be, <laughs> only to my own fault. Uh, but Pat and I are going to be uh, doing a really nice little short comedy piece that is almost done. Um, and yeah, just kind of keep. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was a lot of fun to talk about Spider-Man 2. Likewise, likewise. Um, you got anything, Pat, apart from nope. the mark your calendars for very soon uh, project? <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, as as is the case last week, um, I have a new poem out in uh, Prelude magazine that you can you can check out if you, if you would like. Uh, and on the subject of my poetry, I will actually, a week from this Friday, so this is, uh, November twelfth, I will be reading some poems at a uh, at a at a Zoom virtual reading. Um, so it's Friday, uh, November twelfth at seven thirty. Um, it is uh, being hosted by David. David, I hope I'm pronouncing his, his last name right. Wachowski, Wachowski, um, who is also a really great uh, poet uh, and a Syracuse MFA uh, alumni. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you want to come by, it's free. You can register at a link that you can find probably somewhere on my Instagram. Uh, and I'll be reading some, some new poems. So as ever, it'd be nice to see a a friendly face or two. Um, cause if Pat is going to be there, then it will be a very unfriendly face that I'll have to, um, (laughs) be be reconciled with. Yeah. Okay. It's, that's probably for the best for, for everyone. Um, and as ever, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, uh, please, uh, rate and review the podcast on Apple podcasts and, recommend an episode perhaps this one to a friend and follow us at pat and john on their best behavior on instagram otherwise thanks so much for joining us max and uh thanks so much for being you pat oh thank you bye everyone <laughs>